Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in in what part of the country? Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. Well, good evening, radio listeners. Welcome to Bible Talk. This is Pastor Baker from Strictly Biblical Bible Teaching Ministers, Associate Pastor and the Senior Pastor Emory Moss. Uh, back with you again with another dose of Jehovah's Witness Apologetics. Uh, it's a blessing to be here this evening uh, as we take a look at uh, some of the teachings of the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society, whose members uh, call themselves uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, we are looking at Today, the Watchtower Society's arguments for an invisible uh, return of Jesus Christ. I actually uh, started this the last time I was on, but I didn't finish it, so I'll give a brief review of uh, what I already did cover and go on from there. Uh, I welcome calls from uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, non-Jehovah's Witnesses. I welcome your questions, uh, disagreements uh, for that matter. The phone number is 866-423-9578. That's 866-423-9578. This is Pastor Baker uh, taking a look at the Watchtower Society's arguments for an invisible return of Christ. Now, in John chapter 14, Jesus told his disciples they were distressed because he was leaving. And so he told his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Then he went on to say, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Then he said this, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So Jesus makes this promise to his disciples to return again and to receive them, his disciples, unto himself. And the purpose for doing that is that they would be uh, where he is. And where is he? Uh, Well, he started out by saying, in my father's house are many mansions, uh, dwelling places, that is. So Jesus is in heaven. Uh, He promised that he was going to return and receive his disciples unto himself. So who is Jesus talking to? Which disciples is he talking to? Does this uh, mean just the disciples that were standing there uh, with him right there at that time? Or does that refer to all uh, disciples of Jesus Christ? Well, As far as uh, seeing Jesus again, uh, the Watchtower Society teaches that uh, when Jesus, they first of all, they teach that Jesus is going to return. Like he says, I will come again and receive you unto myself. But they say that at his return, uh, he would only be visible to a certain select people, namely a group of Jehovah's Witnesses known as the anointed. 
also known as the 144,000. And so the Watchtower Society's teaching is that at Jesus' return, uh, the world would not see him again. The world will never see Jesus again. Uh, the only the ones that will see him again is the so-called anointed, the 144,000. So if that be the case, because my understanding is, is once a, a person accepts Jesus Christ as their savior, then that person becomes a disciple of Jesus Christ, a learner, a follower of Jesus Christ. But uh, the Watchtower Society says that this doesn't apply to all of the uh, disciples of Jesus Christ. It applies to the uh, select apostles, the 12 apostles. The, the, uh, Jesus selected 12 men uh, out of his group of disciples and uh, called them apostles. And so the Watchtower Society says this return of Jesus uh, and his being visible to human beings only applies to the apostles uh, and the 144,000. Of course, the apostles are, are considered to be part of the 144,000. Who are the 144,000? According to the Watchtower Society, the 144,000 are select disciples of Jesus Christ whom he, whom he uh, selected to be with him forever in heaven. All other disciples of Jesus Christ will not be in heaven. Neither will they ever see Jesus Christ, according to the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society. All other disciples of Jesus Christ who are not of the 144,000 will live forever in paradise on earth, provided they meet the necessary qualifications. But uh, where did the Watchtower Society even get this from? The Watchtower Society teaches that Jesus, in fact, is going to return but that this return is going to be an invisible, invisible uh, return. Not only that, they also teach that this invisible return has already taken place. Uh, they teach that this invisible return took place in 1914. So the Watchtower Society uh, says that this invisible turn, return took place in 1914, but they didn't always teach that. That is the 1914 date. Uh, I'm quoting from the Watchtower Society's uh, history book, one of their history books. They have a newer one than the one I'm quoting from now, but nevertheless, they still uh, publish this on their website. The Watchtower Society's history book, Jehovah's Witnesses, Proclaimers of God's Kingdom. The Watchtower Society says this. In the mid-1870s, uh, mid Brother Russell, now they're talking about Charles Taze Russell, who was really the uh, founder of this uh, Watchtower organization. In the mid-1870s, Brother Russell and those diligently examining the scriptures along with him discerned that when the Lord returned, he would be invisible to human eyes. So according to the society, Charles Taze Russell in the uh, mid-1870s began Bible studies with others. And in the process of studying the Bible, they discerned that when the Lord returned, he would be invisible to human eyes. Then the society goes on to say, in support of this, he, talking about Charles Taze Russell, he discussed such texts as Acts 1 and 11. He will come in the same manner as you have been held him go. That is unobserved by the world. And John 14 and 19, a little longer and the world will behold me no more. So the Watchtower Society is saying that when Russell and the others who were studying the Bible with him 
uh, as they were studying the Bible, they noticed something. Hey, the return of Jesus Christ is going to be invisible. How do we come to that conclusion? Because uh, Jesus said he, uh, he will, uh, well, it was said that Jesus would come in the same manner as you beheld him go. That is unobserved by the world. And they quote uh, this. They get this from Acts chapter one, verse 11. So the story behind that is this. Jesus was crucified, uh, died. He was buried. He rose on the third day, stayed here 40 days, and then he ascended and went back up to heaven. When he ascended back up to heaven, his uh, some of his disciples were with him. And as he was uh, being taken up into heaven, the disciples were just gazing as he was uh, being uh, ascending back up into heaven. And then they were informed by an angel, uh, why are you standing here gazing? This same Jesus whom you see taken up from you will also come again in like manner or in the same way as you see him go. So the Watchtower Society is quoting the scripture correctly, but their interpretation of the scripture is incorrect. They say that Christ, when he returns, his re is, is going to be an invisible return because the Bible says that Acts 1 and 11 he will come in the same manner as you have beheld him go. And then the society asks this, uh, asks this, that is unobserved by the world. So they're saying that the world as a whole didn't see Jesus Christ when he ascended back up into heaven. That's true. Only his disciples, some of his disciples saw him when he ascended back up into heaven. So society says since the world didn't see him when he left, the world is not going to see him uh, when he comes back. But that's not the only scripture they use. They use also John uh, chapter 14, Verse 19, when Jesus is talking to his disciples, he said a little longer and the world will behold me no more. So the society says using these two scriptures, this proof, this is proof that uh, Christ's return is going to be invisible, that the world will never see Christ. But they go a little further and say not even all of his disciples, those of his disciples at the time of his second coming are going to see him. Only uh, a select few, namely the anointed, the 144,000. So um, then the society says this in, in the same uh, history book. In 1876, Russell learned that there was another group who then believed that Christ's return would be invisible. So according to the society, uh, in the process of time, after about uh, six years of study, Russell uh, learned that there was another group of believers who also believed that Christ's return would be invisible. So who was this other group? Uh, this other group, uh, that society mentions that uh, Russell just uh, found out that they also uh, taught that Jesus was going to return invisible. This other group were known as Adventists. And the Adventists are simp were simply people who believed in the return of Jesus Christ, the advent of Jesus Christ. That is the second coming of Jesus Christ. For that reason, they were called Adventists. Uh, it's all right to be an Adventist because if you say you're an Adventist, you're only saying that you're believing in the second coming of Jesus Christ or the second advent, advent coming. You believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ. So the society says in 1876, Russell learned that there was another group who then believed that Christ's return would be invisible. And again, uh, uh, that group, of course, was a group of Adventists. Uh, there was a Baptist preacher by the name of William Miller. And William Miller was teaching from the uh, book of Daniel, which also speaks of the return of uh, Jesus Christ. But uh, William Miller was teaching from the book of Daniel and he figured out, according to his figuring, that Jesus was uh, about to return. His, his return was near. So Miller predicted uh, the year that Jesus Christ was going to return. He said that he was going to return in 1843. Um, 
But that didn't happen. So when that didn't happen, he changed the date to October of 1884. But that didn't happen. Of course, this proved him to be a false prophet. So what happened was that when these prophecies of Jesus' return failed, 1843 and 1884, 1843 and 1884, Miller just left the organization. And uh, let's see, I think I made a mistake here. 18, uh, 83 and 1884. No, 1843 and 1844. So Miller predicted 1843 Jesus would return. That didn't happen. Then he changed it to 1844. That didn't happen. So what did Miller do? He just, he left the organization. But certain uh, persons who were a part of that organization before he left, once Miller left the organization, they formed uh, other organizations holding kind of similar beliefs that uh, Miller had. And out of these, uh, there were several different groups uh, that were formed once Miller left. And one of these groups was the Seventh-day Adventists, uh, which we still have around today. Other groups, too, but uh, the Seventh-day Adventists. So anyway, the Watchtower Society says uh, in January 1876, uh, Russell, Charles Taze Russell, received a copy of a periodical called Herald of the Morning. Now, remember, the society said in 1876, Russell learned that there was another group who then believed that Christ's return would be invisible. Uh, in the same year, he received a copy of a periodical uh, called Herald of the Morning. And he could see that this periodical, this information, let me say to simplify it, uh, was uh, identified with Adventism. So whoever published this was an Adventist, just like uh, William Miller had been. The editor of this information was a fellow by the na name of Nelson H. Nelson H. Barber. But uh, Barber believed not only that Christ's return would be invisible, but Barber believed that Christ had already returned in 1874. And Barber is the one who convinced Charles Taze Russell that Christ's invisible return had already taken place. So here we go. Russell believed that Christ's return would be invisible. But he learned from Barber that it had already taken place in 1874. He learned this, picked this up in 1876, and he learned that uh, Christ had already returned in 1874. Charles Taze Russell had personal contact with Barber, and Barber con uh, convinced Charles Taze Russell that Christ had returned in 1874. So Russell believed it would be an invisible return, but he didn't know he had already returned until Barber told him that it had taken place in 1874. Then the Watchtower Society goes on to say that uh, Barbara and Russell were not the only ones to uh, believe that Christ's return is going to be invisible. Now, let me say this. Uh, Orthodox Christianity, that is those who interpret and understand the Bible correctly, do not teach, do not believe that Jesus' return is going to be invisible, but it's going to be visible based upon Scripture. But the Watchtower Society kind of helped support their uh, claim that Christ's return uh, was invisible. They say neither Barbara nor Russell was the first to explain the Lord's return as an invisible presence. Sir Isaac Newton had written that Christ would return and reign invisible to mortals. Then they cite another fellow, Joseph Sice, a Lutheran minister, said the same thing. And then they cite a guy by the name of Benjamin Wilson. Uh, Benjamin Wilson uh, published uh, an interlinear, interlinear uh, Bible. And this interlinear, of course, is just uh, New Testament with uh, the Greek, the uh, the uh, scripture in Greek, then English, then the next words in Greek, and next in English. And I'll explain that more to you after we take this break. 
Hello, friends. This is Tom Kitterman, host of Mornings with Meaning, and I've got some exciting news. Now, in addition to listening to us at 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap Listen, choose News Talk, and scroll down to Faith Talk Detroit. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, it sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. Hi, this is Greg Bryant, General Sales Manager for Salem Media Group Detroit. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to either Faith Talk Detroit or The Patriot Detroit. If you love one of these stations and you have experience in outside sales, we'd love to talk to you. Call me directly to inquire how Salem Media might provide an opportunity that's right. Call Greg Bryant at 248-581-1221. That's 248-581-1221 to learn more about our available positions. If you love us, come join us and make a career move that's right for you. MotorCityHelpWanted.com salutes the employee of the month, the one employee you can't live without. The others, let's just call them Dave. What are you doing, Dave? We need help with payroll. I'm doing squats, Mr. Employee of the Month. I'm taking your advice and I'm working my butt off. That's not what I meant. Glutes of steel. Feel them right here. Oh, Dave, now I have to call HR. We believe local businesses should be packed with more local employees of the month and fewer Daves. We make it easy to post a job, and it's local so you won't get spammed by faraway job seekers. MotorCityHelpWanted.com. Local jobs that work. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. Julie Wilkinson described herself as a Christian while she worked for late-term abortionist Warren Hearn in Boulder, Colorado. She admits she was very naive about the reality of what abortion does to mothers and babies. She recalled how a professional couple came to the abortion mill to abort their twins simply because they wanted only one child and twins didn't fit their lifestyle. Julie eventually quit because the work was emotionally draining. She gradually transformed to pro-life when she worked in labor and delivery and also in a neonatal intensive care unit. She said God worked on her heart, and now she's an ambassador for life. Please keep current and past abortion workers in your prayers that God would change their hearts and then mend them. For more information, visit our website at lifeissues.org. And stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. You're not missing the Jewish Hour. Now you can hear the Jewish Hour on demand. Same great interviews, news from Israel, Jewish music, insights and stories. Find the Jewish Hour on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be here for you. Phone number is 866-423-9578, 866-423-9578. Uh, this is Pastor Baker on Bible Talk, uh, taking a look at the Jehovah's Witnesses teaching, the Watchtower Bible and the Tracks of teach, uh, Teaching concerning uh, the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, John chapter 14, Jesus promised to return. Uh, the Watchtower Society says that is in fact true, but this return is going to be invisible. He's not going to be seen by everyone. Uh, he's only be going to be seen by a select few, namely the anointed, uh, also known as the 144,000 uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. So the Watchtower Society, in order to uh, back up this teaching, they uh, cite scripture misinterpreted, by the way. Uh, we've taken a look at, at those. But also they mention other people who believe that uh, Christ's return 
was going to be invisible. Of course, this is just to say that we, you know, are not the only ones who believe this, but there are other credible uh, people who believe uh, in the invisible return or uh, believed in the invisible return of Christ. And they uh, cite one uh, fellow by the name of Benjamin Wilson. Uh, Benjamin Wilson uh, published an interlinear New Testament. What is an interlinear New Testament? Well, I give you a classic example of an interlinear New Testament. I have one in my hand and I'm reading uh, from the Gospel of John, chapter one, verse one. Uh, an interlinear New Testament would have, first of all, uh, for example, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Well, in an interlinear, you'll have it first in Greek, N-R-K, ain't halagos, kai halagos, ain't prostan theon. And then they'll have the English translation uh, right under the Greek. Then they'll go on to the next land, uh, have it uh, in, in the Greek, and then they have the English translation under that. And then they go to the next land. That's why it's called an interlinear. Uh, the interpretation of the uh, Greek is uh, between the lands of the Greek. So that's what an interlinear uh, New Testament is. Uh, very handy, by the way, um, in, you know, studying uh, scripture. But anyway, so they cite this guy, uh, Benjamin Wilson, who also believed in an invisible return of Jesus Christ. But uh, so what? Uh, it's not what Benjamin Wilson says. It's not what the Watchtower Society says. It's not even what I say. It's what the word of God says It's what the word of God teaches. And the word of God teaches us uh, when we read the uh, related scriptures that the return of Christ is a, going to be a visible return and not an invisible, invisible return as the Watchtower Society says. Uh, the society says this in one of their books entitled Reason from the Scriptures, uh, page 341 and 342. And by the way, I have this book Reason from the Scriptures, but you can also go to the Watchtower Society's website. And uh, you can read uh, from this book, Reason and from the Scriptures. But anyway, this book, Reason from the Scriptures, the Watchtower Society says this. Now, this is to back up their claim that the return of Christ is going to be invisible and that only a select few are going to be able to see him, namely the anointed, this uh, so-called 144,000. They say this. Jesus had promised his apostles. Those are the 12 of his disciples that he selected and uh, named them apostles. Jesus had promised his apostles that he would come again and take them to heaven to be with him. They could see him because they would be spirit creatures as he is, but the world would not see him again. So the White House Society says, again, as I said before, the apostles are going to see Jesus Christ, the 12 that Jesus elected out of all his disciples, uh, uh, his apostles, and the rest of the 144,000 who are only Jehovah's Witnesses, by the way, uh, they are going to see him, but the world would not see him. But not only the world, but none of the rest of the hundred and forty-four, uh, none of the rest of the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, because they are not of the one hundred and forty-four thousand. So anyway, they said Jesus has promised his apostles that he would come again and take them to heaven to be with him. They could see him because they would be spirit creatures as he is, but the world would not see him. Well, what's wrong with this statement? Uh, this statement, first of all, assumes that Jesus rose from the dead as a spirit creature. The Watchtower Society teaches this, by the way, that Jesus rose from the dead as a spirit creature. In other words, he didn't uh, rise from the dead in the body that he was crucified in, but he rose as a spirit creature. He didn't have a physical body at all. As a matter of fact, he didn't have a material body, but he was a spirit creature. So they assume that uh, Jesus rose as a spirit creature, which is a false teaching. They also assume when Jesus said that the world will see me no more, that that's meant in an absolute sense. Jesus did say the world will see me no more. But did he mean that 
in an absolute sense. No, he did not. Because if we read the Luke, uh, the passage in uh, the Gospel of Luke, uh, chapter 13, verse 34 through 35, where Jesus was rebuking the Jews for not having received him. And he said, you will see me no more until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, he was talking about his being taken away from them by means of crucifixion and then later on his ascension uh, back up into heaven. Jesus came to the Jews. We are told in John chapter one, he came to his own things and his own people received him not. He came to the Jews uh, as the long awaited uh, Messiah that they were waiting for. But when he came, they rejected him because he didn't do things, go about things the way they thought he ought to, uh, ought to have gone about them. So they rejected him as uh, their Messiah, even though he gave miracles, he did miracles and, and, and taught, which were really his credentials by his teachings and by his miracles. They could have known uh, that he was their Messiah, but nevertheless, they failed to recognize him. And so Jesus Christ uh, told them that, you know, you will see me no more until you see blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Well, when is the nation of Israel? Because the nation of Israel as a whole does not accept Jesus Christ. You do have some Jews who have accepted Jesus Christ. We refer to them as Messianic Jews because they believe that Jesus Christ was in fact their Messiah. They repented of their sins and accepted Jesus as their savior. So you have some Jews who have accepted Christ, but by and large, the nation of Israel, the Jewish nation uh, still to this day, uh, rejects uh, Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ told them before he, he went to Calvary, he said, you not, won't see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. When is the Jews going to say, the na as a nation, going to say, blessed is he uh, who comes in the name of the Lord? In other words, finally accept Jesus Christ uh, as their Messiah when they're almost destroyed as a nature, nation. And this is going to happen to them uh, in the future. They're going to be uh, as much persecution as the Jews have endured uh, throughout the ages, ever since the, uh, Jesus Christ left here, they still got a worse time uh, to go. And this time is going to happen to them in the future. And when they're just about annihilated, Jesus Christ is going to return and they're going to recognize him as their Messiah. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. But the point of it is that the Watchtower Society said that the world, including the Jews that rejected him, will see him no more uh, because, uh, you know, Jesus said a little while and the world will see me no more. But did he mean that in an absolute sense when he said a little while and the world will see me no more? He did not mean that in an absolute sense, but he meant it in the sense that he was going to return to heaven and temporarily the world would not see him. But the world is going to see him. Uh, they're going to see him. We see the world going to see Jesus in uh, Revelation chapter 19 when he sends from heaven. Uh, this world war is going on and Jesus ascends from heaven. The world is going to see him then and the nation is going to stop fighting each other and turn to fight him. Bad move. Because with the word of his mouth, uh, he's going to destroy them. But the Jews are going to be almost annihilated, two thirds of them. But Jesus Christ is going to come and to uh, rescue them before they're completely annihilated. And then they're going to re uh, realize that, hey, he really is the Messiah, the one that we, uh, we were looking for. So, when Jesus said that the world will see me no more, he didn't mean that in an absolute sense. Uh, we can uh, see that by Luke chapter uh, 13, verses 34 uh, through 35. But the Watchtower goes on to say another uh, argument they give to support their uh, contention that uh, Jesus will be invisible to human eyes. They say God resurrected Jesus from the dead, destined no more to return to corruption. Human bodies are by nature corruptible. Jesus 
will never again have such a body. So this is really another reason why they say you're not going to be able to see Jesus because uh, 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 he doesn't have a body. They said uh, Jesus rose from the dead, destined no more to return to corruption. Human bodies are by nature corruptible. Jesus will never again have such a body. Well, I agree with them. Jesus uh, will never again have a corruptible body, but I don't agree with them when they say that Jesus Christ didn't rise from the dead in a body because he did. What body did he rise from the dead in? The same one that he was crucified in. It was in different condition, but it was the same body. So the Watchtower Society, when they say that uh, human bodies are by nature corruptible, yeah, I agree with that. But the body that Jesus Christ rose from the dead in is not corruptible. And the same thing applies to all people who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, past, present, and future. Jesus Christ has promised to return. He's going to come again. If we have died before he comes again, we are going to be resurrected. The same body that was put in the grave when we die is going to be resurrected. I mean, the body is going to decay in the grave, everything. But still, that decayed body, I don't care if it went in the ocean, it was got eaten by whales, uh, God can bring everything back together again. Well, wow, how can God do that? Hey, he created the heavens and the earth, didn't he? we really take a serious look at how complex this earth is for God to be uh, able to retrieve our bodies, regardless of what happened to them is absolutely positively no problem whatsoever. So uh, the Watchtower society assumes that uh, Jesus rose in a, um, a mortal body. He rose in the same body, but it was no longer mortal. He rose in the same body, but it was no longer perishable. But then why do I keep saying it was the same body? Well, because that's what Jesus said. In John chapter 2, verse 19, uh, the Jews asked him, uh, you know, all these stuff you're doing, cleaning out the temple and all that, running people all out the temple, give us some sign to show us, uh, you know, that you are who you claim to be. Jesus said, here's a sign for you. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. They looked around at the temple that they went to worship in and said, what? It took 40 years to build this temple, and you're going to uh, raise it up in three days? But the Bible says he was talking about the temple of his body. He was talking about the temple of his body. Jesus was saying, destroy this body, and in three days, I will raise it, the same body. Different properties, different condition, but the same body. Destroy this temple, this body, and in three days, I will raise it up. And he raised it up, but the body was still the same body that he was crucified in. And we find the same thing. If we read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses uh, 42 through 44, we find the same thing. Uh, it talks about us. When we die... Our bodies are, play, uh, 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 are put in the ground. They're put in the body corruptible because they're subject to decay, which they will just decay in the grave if they stay, stay there long enough. Our bodies are perishable right now. We can die from old age. We can die from uh, disease. We can die from wounds, everything. So, uh, But the Bible, uh, the Bible says it is uh, planted. That means put in the ground, a perishable body, but it's raised an imperishable body. It is put into the ground, a corruptible body, subject to decay, but it is raised an incorruptible body. So this corruption, you know, I uh, look in the mirror. I don't see the Afro no more. <laughs> uh, so that's, you know, one sign that I know that I'm decaying. Uh, also, my face ain't as smooth as it was when I look at some of them pictures that I took back in the, uh, uh, when I was about 25 years old. So I know that I'm decaying. So, you know, if I'm, I die before Jesus Christ comes back, I'm going to be resurrected when he returns. But it's not going to be with all this uh, decay features. It's going to be an incorruptible, imperishable body. 
Uh, the Bible tells us that uh, when Jesus returns, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. The Bible says he's going to take our vile body and fashion it like unto his glorious body. What glorious body? That body that came up out of the grave, that resurrected body, that imperishable body. He's going to make our bodies just like that. So, uh, you know, but this is just a counter argument to the society's argument that God resurrected Jesus from the dead, destined no more to return to corruption. Human bodies are by nature corruption, corruptible. Jesus never again will have such a body. No, he will never have a corruptible body, but he still rose in the same body. Destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Uh, the society also argues this. Jesus said in John chapter 6, uh, verse 51. Now, uh, Jesus had, you know, this was after he had uh, worked this miracle where, you know, the, the two fish and, and, and the loaves of bread. And after he had done this and fed the 5,000, another occasion he fed 4,000. But after he had fed the 5,000, uh, Jesus left. And uh, the next day they came looking for him, looking for some more bread, free bread. And so they found out where he was. They went where he was. And, you know, when did you come here? And Jesus said, you ain't looking for me because of the miracles that I did, but because I gave you the fish and the bread. That's why you're looking for me. And so then he says, uh, labor not for food that perishes, but food that endures unto everlasting life. So. Jesus said then that, uh, you know, I have some bread, you know, here's some bread for you. Uh, the bread that you need is what I'm going to give. And that's my flesh for the life of the world. So in other words, he was saying that, uh, the nourishment that you're going to give is a spiritual nourishment. And it's going to begin with me, uh, dying on calorie, giving my flesh for the life of the world. And so the white house society, uh, goes to this John chapter six and at verse 51, Jesus said, the bread that I shall give is my flesh in behalf of the life of the world. I'm going to die on the cross, take the, punishment for the sins of the world, make salvation available to whoever repents and believes. Uh, so the Watchtower Society says that Jesus said this, the bread that I shall give is my flesh in behalf of the world. Then the society's argument, having given it, Jesus does not take it back again. He does not thereby deprive mankind of the benefits of the sacrifice of his perfect human life. So the Watchtower Society is saying this. Here's another reason why Jesus couldn't possibly have risen from the dead in the same body he was crucified in. Because he said he was going to give his uh, flesh for the life of the world. So if he was going to give his flesh for the life of the world, why would he be resurrected in the same body? That would be taken back to sacrifice. That's their reasoning. But um, the problem is, if Jesus' resurrection from the dead means that he took back the sacrifice, then his coming back to life means he took back the sacrifice because he said that he came to give his life a ransom for many, to die for many. He came to give his life. So if coming back in the same body means that he's taken back the sacrifice, the fact that he came back to life at all would also mean that he took back the sacrifice because he said that uh, he was going to give his life uh, for the world. And Jesus also said this, uh, I have this authority from my father, not only to lay down my life, but to take it up again. So if he took his life up again, then according to the Watchtower Society's reasoning, he also took back the sacrifice, but he didn't take back the sacrifice. The way this works is this. When Jesus died on Calvary, Jesus said, it is finished. Just before he died, he said, it is finished. In other words, he was saying everything that is necessary for the sins of the world to be paid for. I have completed it. We'll finish after this break. 
This is Evangelist Anita Campbell, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news now. In addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the news talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, Mm -hmm, phones, mm -hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. (laughs) Your weight is up. (laughs) You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds Mm -hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. 2020 is the year your business is going to thrive. Or will it? Resolve to use digital marketing to your advantage with the help from the pros at Salem Surround. Whether you're just testing the waters of digital marketing or already have a plan in place that's not getting results, we give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Salem Surround provides your business with all your marketing needs under one roof. Face it, if you're not effectively using digital media, you're behind the competition and losing sales. Salem Surround will help identify any weak points in your marketing strategy and consult with you to bring solutions that will meet your needs and exceed your expectations total market penetration for increased return on investment contact salem surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers hi this is greg bryant general sales manager for salem media group detroit If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to either Faith Talk Detroit or The Patriot Detroit. If you love one of these stations and you have experience in outside sales, we'd love to talk to you. Call me directly to inquire how Salem Media might provide an opportunity that's right. Call Greg Bryant at 248-581-1221. That's 248-581-1221 to learn more about our available positions. If you love us, come join us and make a career move that's right for you. Phone number is 866-423-9578, 866-423-9578, to be on Bible Talk with Pastor Baker. Uh, let me say this before I go any further, that uh, it will be appreciated if you would, uh, whatever you uh, care to send, able to send to support this ministry, to keep it on the radio, uh, if you find it uh, beneficial to you, uh, we ask, would appreciate uh, your sending in support. Uh, you can send your donations to Bible Boot Camp Ministries, Post Office Box 05874, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. Bible Boot Camp Ministries, Post Office Box 05874, Detroit, Michigan, 48205. Uh, and your donation uh, that you send in are used to keep this ministry on the air. So, again, looking at the Watchtower uh, Bible and Tract Society, 
uh, let's say, the society said that, uh, where did I leave off at? Uh, okay, we're talking about the same by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me say this too. Uh, Jesus Christ rose uh, in an immortal, imperishable body. Jesus Christ is still a man. He's the God man, but he was that when he was here. But Jesus Christ is still a man. Um, we are told in scripture, 1 Timothy 2 and 5, there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. There is, not was, there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. He's the only one. He's the go-between. He's the one that has made peace between us and God, but we can't get the benefit of this peace unless we repent of our sins and receive him as our savior. But yeah, there's a, a one mediator between God and man, the man, uh, Christ Jesus. Also in Acts uh, chapter 17, verse 31, what well, I started verse 29, it says, therefore, since we are the children of God, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver. Now this is the uh, apostle Paul. He was preaching to some unconverted uh, people, uh, who really didn't know God. They was worshiping the unknown God. And Paul said, "You let me tell you who this unknown God is. He said, uh, therefore, since we are the children of God, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, like something sculptured by the art and design of humans. True, God has overlooked the times of such, of such ignorance, but now he is declaring to all people everywhere that they should repent because... He has set a day on which he will judge uh, on which he purposes to judge the inhabitants of the earth in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. And he has provided a guarantee to all men by resurrecting him from the dead. So God is going to judge all of humanity. He has set up a particular time when he's going to do this and he's going to judge it by a man. Who is this man? It is a man whom God has appointed and he has provided a guarantee to all men by resurrecting him from the dead. Talking about Jesus Christ. But notice that the, the, the passage of the Bible refers to Jesus Christ as a man. Jesus Christ rose from the dead, not as a spirit creature, but as he was before, uh, uh, before he was uh, died. The God man, 100% God, 100% man. He's still 100% God. He's still 100% uh, man. Well, where did I get this from? What Bible am I using? Oh, the New World Translation, the Watchtower Society's own Bible. The New World Translation says, again, verse 31, because he has set a day on which he purposes to judge the inhabited earth in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and he has provided a guarantee to all men by resurrecting him from the dead. In other words, God has assured us that we are definitely going to be judged by this man. And he assured us by raising this man from the dead. If Jesus Christ hadn't risen from the dead, we wouldn't have anything to fear because that would mean that Jesus Christ is not whom he said he was, but he did rise from the dead and in the same body. So now, but there are scriptures um, that say that we will uh, uh, see Jesus Christ. What does the Watchtower Society say about them? For example, uh, in the book of Revelation, chapter 1 and 7 says, Behold, he comes with clouds, and every eye shall see him. So that seems like that, that ought to shoot down the Watchtower Society's claim that uh, the world is not going to see him because uh, Revelation 1 and 7 says, Every eye shall see him. Every eye shall see him. Well, what is the Watchtower's response to this? The Watchtower Society, uh, trust me, they can come up with an argument for just about everything you say. But the thing of it is that their arguments really defy logic. Uh, and uh, in some cases, it takes a, really a degree of intellectual dishonesty 
uh, to hold on to their arguments. But anyway, the Watchtower Society, so how do they interpret uh, Revelation uh, 1 and 7? Behold, he comes with clouds and every eye shall see him. The Watchtower Society says this. In what sense will every eye see him? They would discern from events on earth that he is invisibly present. So the Watchtower Society's contention is still that Jesus Christ is present invisibly in the heavens and that this invisible presence took first place in 1914. Now, at first they said 1874, but then they changed that and they made the change official when they published a book in 1943 called The Truth Shall Make You Free. But the problem is, is Charles Taze Russell, who put this teaching in with the uh, Watchtower organization, he's the founder of the organization, he learned from uh, Barbara, was taught by Barbara, that Jesus returned invisibly in 1874. So Russell began to teach this. And do you know Russell died believing that, that Jesus returned invisibly in 1874? But now the Watchtower Society teaches that he didn't return invisibly in 1874. He returned invisibly in 1914. Uh, nowhere in the, uh, the word of God does it say anything about an invisible uh, return of Jesus Christ. So the Watchtower Society says when you you go to Revelation 1 and 7 and say, hey, look, this scripture here shows that uh, his return is not going to be invisible. This scripture here shows that you're wrong when you say that the world will not see him, that when he said the world will see me no more, he meant that in an absolute sense. Um, the Watchtower Society said, well, no, when he says every eye shall see him, he means that the people will see things that's going on in the earth according to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes in various places. He said, when the people see this, then they're going to be able to discern that his uh, presence has taken place invisible. Uh, let me say this too. The Watchtower Society, again, when they, they you know, they like to try to uh, uh, quote, quote unquote scholars, to back up their teaching. And this fellow, Benjamin Wilson, the one I talked about that uh, published this uh, interlinear Bible. In there are 25 places in the Bible, in the new Testament that talk about Christ's coming. There are 25 places in the new Testament that talk about Christ's coming. And the word that the, the Bible uses is a Greek word called parousia, parousia. And it is translated in the English coming. And I said 25 is 24 times, but it's translated, parousia is translated in the English, uh, the, the English translation coming. And the Watchtower Society, instead of translating it coming, they translated presence because they said Jesus Christ since he returned way back in 1914, therefore he is present only invisibly. So the word is parousia. Orthodox Christianity translates it coming, but the Watchtower Society, Society translates it presence to back up their teaching that Jesus returned invisibly in 1914. He has already come, but they don't say he's, uh, he's already present. We translate parousia as coming because the Bible talks about his coming and we look and understand it in a futuristic sense. But the Watchtower Society, uh, Matthew 24, 26 through 27, verse 30, Revelation uh, 1 and 7, 2 Peter 3, 15, 16, they ignore all that and uh, translate parousia coming. Okay, we'll try to finish up after we uh, return from this break. 
This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. As we look at the coronavirus today, we would do well to remember that serial under-response was the tragic story of U.S. and global reaction to the mislabeled Spanish flu of 1918. That pandemic claimed at least 675,000 lives in the United States and as many as 100 million around the world. The best guess of where it originated was, of all places, rural Kansas. There's no worse strategy than secrecy for safeguarding the public from a pandemic. It's true that panic is a threat, but secrecy and innuendo fuel panic. Already, the U.S. government is behind the curve despite President Trump's demands that it get and remain ahead of the coronavirus worries. The appointment of Vice President Pence to lead is a very good development. A virus can't be killed with words, but panic can be steamrolled with information. Hopefully, Vice President Pence and the entire task force won't settle for business as usual because this isn't a usual flu. Better to be accused of overreaction today than convicted later of indifference. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Emery Moss, host of Bible Talk. I've got some exciting news. Now, in addition to listening to us on 92.7 FM and AM 1500, you can also stream us live on Radio.com. Just go to Radio.com, tap the News Talk, and scroll down to WLQV Faith Talk. It's that simple. Or pick up the Radio.com app. Either way, it's fun, sounds great, and you're going to love it. Check us out at Radio.com. Impact Mortgage Corp. DBA Cash Call Mortgage. NMLS ID 128231. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in all states, including New York. Offer not available in Washington. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. You see it on TV every day. Global turmoil. But these international events help keep interest rates low and may even drive them lower. In response, we at Cash Call Mortgage have lowered our interest rates for the new year. And that's great news for homeowners. If you have a current rate above 2.99%, call us to see how much you can save. If you qualify, we'll even pay your closing costs. And we can close your refi in as fast as 20 days with no upfront deposit. With our low interest rates and no closing costs if you qualify, there's never been a better time to lock in a low rate before it's gone. For a free quote, go to CashCallMortgage.com or call 800-990-6947. That's 800-990-6947. 800-990-6947. Hi, I'm Alistair Begg, and I'd like to personally invite you to join me August 30th to September 6th, 2020, for a week of Christian fellowship and a newfound appreciation for God's creation. Call 855-565-5519 to join us or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. For more information and to book your trip today, visit faithtalkdetroit.com and search keyword Alaska. Eight six six four two three nine five seven eight. Eight six six four two three nine five seven eight. This is Pastor Baker on Bible Talk, looking at the White House Society's arguments uh, for the invisible. Uh, let me say it the way they say it, presence of Christ. We look forward to the coming of Christ. The West House Society says he has already uh, come, but he's present in the heavens invisibly. His return was an invisible return. But if we read the scriptures that refer to Christ coming and the Greek word uh, for 24 of those scriptures is parousia, where Orthodox Christianity translates it coming, the West House Society translates it presence. For example, in uh, Matthew chapter 24, I uh, start with the 26th verse. Jesus was talking about his return. 
Uh, and he was warning people, if people say he's here, he's there, uh, don't believe it. Because when I do return, it's going to be obvious, it's going to be plain for the world to see. So he says, uh, Matthew 24, starting at verse 26, Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. So Jesus tell you, Christ is here, Christ is there. Uh, he's some, someplace hiding where only a few people can see him. Jesus said, don't believe it. And then he says, for as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth e even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, you know, uh, when you have a thunderstorm and the lightning strikes, uh, it's obvious that the lightning struck. It just lights up the sky. And Jesus said, that's how obvious it's going to be. That's how plain it is going to be to see that I have uh, returned. And so he said, for as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. The coming of the Son of Man. So that's uh, word coming. This has been uh, the translation of the Greek word parousia. But the Watchtower Society translates it present so that in their New World translation it reads, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the presence of the son of man be they have to translate it presence because they claim that he's already present and has been present uh, since 1874 but orthodox christianity and the true actually translation is his coming jesus christ has not uh returned yet and i wonder what the watchtower society does about uh for example in verse 30 uh jesus talked about there's going to be a tribulation and then he says immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken and then shall appear the sign of the son of man talking about himself the son of man then shall appear the sign of the son of man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the son of man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory so this verse tells us that they, the world, will see him again. They shall see him coming uh, in the clouds with power and great glory. So the Watchtower uh, Society's uh, insistence that Jesus Christ has returned invisibly uh, is really just 100% false. So what do they have to do? Uh, they have to mistranslate Greek words in order to back up their teaching that's really uh, very dishonest uh, scholarship. Another example of them mistranslating Greek words or either adding to scripture, I should say, in order to uh, back up their teaching is John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Uh, in the Greek, it clearly says that God was the word, meaning the word was God. But the Watchtower Society has to add the word a in order to back up their teaching that Jesus is not God. But Jesus is, in fact, God. Uh, so the Watchtower Society, instead of translating it, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. They translated in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was a God. But a is not in there. So why do they say Jesus is a God? Well, they can't deny that the Bible calls Jesus God. They can't deny that. But they say, but he's not the same. Uh, he doesn't have the same uh, uh, authority uh, as uh, God the Father. Uh, he's not God like God the Father. He's a lesser God. And so they can't deny that the Bible says that Jesus is God. But since they believe that Jesus is not, uh, doesn't have the same, is not equal with God the Father, they say, well, we got to admit that the Bible calls him God. So we just say he was a God, meaning he, he is a lesser God. 
But the problem is, uh, is that a God doesn't belong in the Greek. It's not in the Greek. How do I know? Well, first of all, by handy Greek interlinear. I have a couple of Greek interlinears. And so I check the Greek interlinear to make sure that the word is not in there. I go to websites, Greek websites, and check it there. The word is not there. And then I have the Watchtower Society's interlinear, and A is not there. So they add words to Scripture or, you know, misinterpret Scripture in order to back up uh, their teaching. Anytime you have to add to Scripture or misinterpret Scripture in order to back up your teaching, you disqualify yourself as a credible teacher uh, of the Word of God. But this is what the Watchtower Society says. So their argument, uh, every eye shall see him, means that uh, people are going to see, you know, some of the things Jesus talked about in, uh, when it was near for his time to come. There would be wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes in various places. There would be diseases, uh, uh, pestilences, false Christ. And we see all of that. And he said, when you see all of this, uh, all these things come together, know that uh, it, my coming, is near even at the doors. So the Watchtower Society says, well, you know, we've had all these signs, particularly in the 20th century. So that's another reason why we say that uh, Jesus Christ returned invisibly uh, in 1914 in the 20th century, because, you know, we had a world war in the 20th century, never had a world war before. And Jesus said that these uh, signs would increase in frequency and intensity. Well, you know, we've had more wars in the 19th century. We had more people killed in wars. That's wrong, too, by the way. Uh, and, you know, we had a world war. That's a, a sure sign of intensity of these signs. So that's how we deduce that Jesus returned invisibly in 1914. Uh, and that's all it is, deduction, empty deduction, and it is not backed up uh, by Scripture. Jesus' return is yet future. Jesus' return will be visible uh, to human eyes. Every eye shall see him. Another argument the Watchtower Society uses, said, look, it says he's coming in the clouds. Yeah, it does say that, but I also read in your New World Translation, it says he's coming on the clouds, and it also says he's coming with the clouds. So you're trying to say that Jesus is invisible because he's coming in the clouds, and that's another reason why we can't see him when he returns. That doesn't hold water either. So, okay, um, maybe next week I'll go a little further into this. But in the meantime, it's been a pleasure being with you. And Lord willing, I will see you next time. Sponsored by Bible Bootcamp Ministries. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.